You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action talking all things Texas A&M, and today, Let's give out some awards. I believe that in every single draft class, there is an award for the college that is represented. So I'm going to go with my best fit, my worst fit, biggest surprise, and also most underrated free agent to make the team. There's so much to talk about, much, much more. But before we begin, join the Locked On NFL Draft host Trevor Sikama and Benjamin Solak as they recap and analyze all picks of the 2021 NFL Draft and look ahead at the future first-round picks. Follow the Locked On NFL Draft podcast on the Odyssey app, that's A-U-D-C-Y, or wherever you get your podcast listening systems. As always, for all of you watching on WFAA or Tigna or whatever you're watching on, make sure you're following me on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. Name right down there below. I am the host of the show, and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to make this a more quality-sounding podcast Monday through Friday, give me a follow, give me a shout-out, and I will add it into the mix. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12-man-related content found here on LOP. You can subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. Plus, you can always download the Odyssey app. So, Texas A&M had four players drafted and four players who were signed as undrafted free agents with the names, five players, my bad, so nine total players, with Jared Hawker, with Jamon Osmond, Anthony Hines, Carson Green, and Ryan McCollum making it after the final Mr. Irrelevant pick was made. But you had Dan Moore go to the Pittsburgh Steelers. You had Buddy Johnson go to the Pittsburgh Steelers. You had Bobby Brown go to the Los Angeles Rams. And, of course, Kellen Mond go to the Minnesota Vikings. So today I'm going to give out my superlative awards. Every single player could or could not be mentioned. But what I will say is what will happen is these teams and these players will at least have a home for the next season. So let's start off with this. My favorite move of an AM player in the NFL draft. I'm going to call this the home run, home run, home run hitter pick. That to me is Buddy Johnson. I love that Buddy Johnson's go to the Pittsburgh Steelers because, again, what is Buddy Johnson? Buddy Johnson is a thumper. Buddy Johnson is a three down player who is used primarily against the run. And the best way that you can use him is when you're playing him in a system. That is progressing his results. You can't ask him to be a sideline to sideline linebacker. And I don't think he's going to do well on the outside. I think you got to play him in a three, four set. Very similar to what, and I know that this is going to be kind of weird that I bring this up all the time because of Alabama, but very similar to what Reggie Ragland was when he was used in Kansas city properly. He was an absolute standout. He played great in the three, four set. When you played him, in a 4-3 and asked him to be that Mike linebacker, he was going to struggle. And that's not to say that that makes him a bad player. It just makes him very limited. Now I'm not going to say that Buddy Johnson is not going to be a pro bowler because I do think that going to a Keith Butler defense, one that's going to enhance his skills to the highest level, where he is going to be a primary run stopper, where his skills are going to mirror almost beautifully what is already there with Devin Bush. And what they need is a guy who can play that front line past the, you know, defensive, the nose tackle, past uh, TJ Watt, past Stephon Tuitt, past Cameron Hayward. You want a guy who's going to be right there between that first and second level defense that's going to make a running back not be able to get through the hole. 
I don't know if that's his role this year, but that will be a shot for him, I think, at the end of 2021 and for sure going into 2022. But you're pairing him also with a very good player in Devin Bush. Bush's best trait is his availability. He works well in space. He works well playing the middle of the field. He works well in coverage. That's why he had two interceptions his rookie year. He's a good space player. You don't limit him to play in the run. But you need that guy, and you have that guy in Vince Williams, but you need that guy for the future, and that's where Buddy Johnson comes in. This isn't to say that I don't like the other picks. What it says is that this is one where I look at the defense, I look at every single thing a team is missing, and I say, okay, what is the best thing for the future? Buddy Johnson landing in Pittsburgh. The Steel City defense. One that prioritizes on defenders being the leading guy. That's where you go. That's a perfect landing spot for you. That's where you want him to be. So I look at this and I go, absolutely. If there's one team that I think definitely need to go get Buddy Johnson, a team like the Pittsburgh Series makes the most sense. And that's why it's my favorite pick. Least favorite pick. Uh, This one's pretty easy for me. It's Dan Moore. And the only reason it's Dan Moore is because of I think that Moore is a good player. But I question, are they going to ask him to play right away? I'm not sure Dan Moore can be a a left tackle in the NFL. I don't. I don't know that. I know for sure he can be a swing tackle. I know for sure that he could be a high-end caliber player. But I don't know if he can be a left tackle in the NFL. The problem is is that Pittsburgh is replacing basically their entire offensive line. You have uh, the rookie from last year. I forget his name. I always blank on it, but he started like mid-season. And ever since then, he's been the starter. Marcus Gilbert retired. Marquise Pouncey retired. Matt Filer left in free agency. Alejandro and the Villain away left in free agency. It's a veteran quarterback in, uh, in Ben Roethlisberger that has a ton of weapons. I really like the Najee Harris pick. I do. It's, it's one of the few with Pittsburgh that I'm not like, it could work, it couldn't. Even Buddy Johnson, I think that's a great fit. But again, I think that at worst, he's a special teams player. Like, like in the worst scenario, he's a special teamer and a captain of special teams. That's like the be- That's like the worst case scenario. Best case scenario, he's a pro bowler. Worst case scenario with Dan Moore is he's out of the NFL in a year or he's on a practice squad in a year. Because again, the problem with going to a team that needs offensive line help is they're going to be a multitude of swinging carousel players coming in and out. And hopefully you land, hopefully you land that guy. I mean, at what point are we just going to sit here and go, okay, Chuma Okafor is not working anymore. Dan, get out there. Well, Dan's not ready to play left tackle. Well, we need him in left tackle. So again, like that's the thing is that I sit here and I struggle with that. Those are things that I look at and it worries me because if I don't know if it's going to work or not, I hope it does. But if they ask him to play right away, he's in a world of hurt, hands down. Number two, the number two team that I think is definitely... Uh, oh, wait, no, no, that's my bad. That's for a different segment later. Um, So I'm going to go with my next, my sleeper pick. And this is the one that I think is going to be the really big sleeper ball. It's actually Ryan McCollum. McCollum going to the Texans is actually one of the best moves by an A&M player. The reasoning is because of he is a center. And they're going to try him at center. And I don't know if he's going to work. I don't know if it's going to be, you know, if it's going to be an, an ideal situation. But Houston has Justin Brett. That's it. That's all I got. That, that, and he hasn't played in two years. If Houston is smart, 
they're going to at least keep him on the roster because he's youthful, he's affordable, he's cheap, and he brings value to a position with a young quarterback like Davis Mills. So I actually think that this is the sleeper pick. I will not be shocked if by week 18 of next season, which you know they're adding that extra week, it is McCollum as the starter. Or at least McCollum's been on the roster the entire season. He went to a very good location because, again, you're having a guy at a position that needs to be addressed at some point. So I view this as a very good spot for McCollum, personally. That's it, at least for me. I got two more awards, but before I bring those up, make sure that you are tuning in every single day here at the Lockdown Podcast Network. And uh, I'll also make sure that you are tuning in with every single one of our sponsors, including rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is an online auto parts service system that has been serving customers for the past 20 years. They have a selection of engine modules to variety parts to taillights to brake pads. So whatever you need, make sure that you are following them on social media. Make sure that you are getting your parts from them. Go visit rockauto.com and type in the promo code locked on on the how to hear about section so they know that we sent you. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the auto parts you will ever need. RockAuto.com is the place to be. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action, talking all things Texas A&M. We are going to continue with our awards. This is the who is going to have the best career award. It's a tie right now. I'm going to go with, uh, it really is based off of what I think of, you know, what the personnel is going to be. As of right now, just based off of, where they landed and how much I think that you can build around them. I'm going to go Bobby Brown. Brown is a bull rusher. It's that simple. Like, like, like I don't think people realize just how simple it is that you are a bull rusher and people don't understand what exactly that means. So a bull rusher is a nose tackle. That is a primary pass rusher up the middle. Defensive linemen are used to bulldoze offensive linemen out of the way to create lanes for the second and third level defense to get through. A guy like Bobby Brown is not doing that. A guy like Bobby Brown is coming in to make an impact and almost disrupt a quarterback's notion and progression and cadence up the middle. He's taking on double teams. He's forcing his way up and down the field. He is making his presence known left and right. And you look at the defense that's going to be run out in Los Angeles. They've been a 3-4 since the start of the Sean McVay era. The problem with going to a team like AM is they run a 4-2-5 as their base. And that's their base. Like that, like that's not one of those where, oh, that's it, you know, they, they're gonna run a lot of nickel, but they run a base 4-3. No, they have two linebackers. They always have two linebackers and they run the most nickel. So with this team, it's very similar. They run a 3-2-5. I mean, a 3-3-5. And what that means is they have a standing nine outside outside edge player. They have two off-ball linebackers, and they have a nickel defender. So it's like going to a basic similar format, but instead of having a 4-2-5, they have a 3-3-5. Uh, and that extra edge, both those players really play more as a pass rusher, but that role up front as a nose tackle is a, is one that I look at and go, okay, perfect. This is one where I view him being at his best potential pass rushing, getting to the quarterback, making consistent plays, finding a way to be effective on third down, stopping the run on third and short. 
adding a lot of pressure to a backfield. He's in the system that's supposed to work for him. And system fit is so key. You have to be able to have that. So I view Bobby Brown going to Los Angeles as a very good fit for what he brings as a player. Now, again, that's not saying that if he went to a 4-3 defense, he wouldn't be effective. But he's more effective when you're asking to play the zero tech, when you're asking to play the one tech. This is a defense that's based on him being the one tech. Their defensive linemen, they all are one techs. And if they're not one techs, then they're five techs on the outside. They're not what an edge rusher is. Even though that these defensive linemen, like J.J. Watt is technically an edge rusher, even though he plays a five technique. Like he, he's not an outside linebacker like a Chandler Jones, but he still is an edge rusher. Most defenses that run this four, uh, three, four front, they're all defensive linemen. Just their biggest you know, guy right in the middle, that's your guy. And that's where Bobby Brown fits in perfectly. So I think that's the best fit for him. Worst uh, free agent addition, uh, Anthony Hines going to Dallas. I'm sorry. I- I'm just going to be completely honest with this. Anthony Hines going to Dallas is not a good fit. And most people are going to go, well, why is it not a good fit? Well, simple. Look at how many linebackers they have. They did not lose that many linebackers. Instead, they got better at linebacker. You got a guy in Jalen Smith and Leighton Vanderesh that one is already getting paid on a six-year, uh, five-year contract in Smith. The other one, Leighton Vanderesh, they declined his fifth-year option but according to reports, and I put according in basically quotations because if you just drafted a linebacker, they're going to try and work out a long-term extension with him. After that, you went and got Micah Parsons as your first pick at pick number 12 in a trade back. And again, most people knew that because of you lost both cornerbacks, eight and nine respectively. So you had to go get somebody. And then you also added Jabril Cox out of LSU. That's the kicker. Jabril Cox out of LSU is a guy who I view as somebody who can be a day one contributor and was a steal in the fourth round, like an absolute steal. So where does Anthony Hines fit in all of this? He doesn't. This is a guy who has to prove himself probably nine times over for a roster spot. And even then a, I would say practice squad roster spot. Because you don't have tape on him from 2020. And also, you're going to a team that probably their one position of non-weakness is their linebacker position. That's got to be the strongest one on the defense now. Because even though you lost Sean Lee, you technically found his replacement, Micah Parsons. And Micah Parsons honestly could be the replacement for Leighton Vander Esch. And the replacement for Sean Lee is Jabril Cox. And they had two quality backups on the team already. So that's just the one fit I'm like, no, it doesn't work in any capacity. Go to a team like Las Vegas. They need help at linebacker. Go to a team I would even throw in like Tennessee. They need help at linebacker. Go to one of these teams that needs a linebacker to where you can make an impact, probably find a role on special teams, and you're good. Instead, you're going to the one team that definitely does not need linebacker help. They're really set basically at the position and you'll be lucky if you even get offered a practice squad spot. So that to me is the worst fit. Absolutely. Overall final grade for Texas A&M players based off the fit of where they're going. I give it a B plus. I don't like Dan Moore where he's going. I'm not the biggest fan of Carson green going to Houston. I understand why, but I think that if they're going with a swing tackle, 
they have their swing tackle on Charlie Heck. I'm not a fan of, uh, you know, I, I'm okay with Javon Osmond going to Philadelphia. I like that Jared Hawker's going to um, Seattle. I think that's a really, really good addition for him. But I'm not a fan of, but, you know, everyone else I really like. I love Buddy Johnson going to Pittsburgh. It makes a lot of sense for what he brings. Bobby Brown going to the Los Angeles Rams makes a lot of sense for scheme fit. Kellen Mond, guy we haven't even talked about yet. There's a good spot. Because Kellen Mond, I think, has the ability to be a deep passer and a short passer. Get that intermediate, that area where Kirk Cousins is very good. He does his most work across the intermediate part of the field. Add that and say Kirk struggles. You're in line to be a very good caliber starting player. Very good starting caliber player. So I think that's a good fit. I think that Jared Hawker going to the 12th man is a good fit. You know, Seattle, great team. There's a need there for offensive linemen. Overall, there's a few I really don't like. There's a few that I'm on the fence about. There's a ton that I think are really good picks and really good selections, and they're landing in a really good spot. So I'm going to go ahead and give them all, I'd give them a B plus. They landed in good spots. I could see all of them at least having an opportunity, if not try at least have the opportunity to fight their way through all of training camp and earn a roster spot. This episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that responsibly sourced limited edition designed at fair price points. 1010 is exclusive collection of 10 styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings that is sure to bring her life. Using diamonds responsibly sourced by Botswana, 10 female design masters have produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They are a perfect way to bring her into your life, and they're available now through Mother's Day only at BlueNile.com. Just search the word 1010. If you're on the hunt for the perfect unique ring that she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to use this. Check this out. This won't be out for long by searching the word 10 by 10 at BlueNile.com. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action talking all things Texas AM. If you give me 25 minutes of your day, I'll get you caught up on everything you need to know about the NFL, the NBA, and of course the MLB. So I personally, the guy right here in front of you, will not be the guy telling you, but Peter Bukowski, part of Locked On Today, will. Peter and his staff breaks down all breaking news surrounding every major sport in America in 30 minutes or less. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast listening systems. So the crazy thing is that, you know, a lot of people know me as the Texas A&M guy here, but I actually have a job outside of this, and it is to cover the NFL as a whole. I used to cover A&M exclusively, and I used to then cover the SEC exclusively, but due to COVID-19, I lost those two jobs, and unfortunately now I've gotten into freelancing, and part of my freelancing gig is covering about 15 NFL teams and, of course, also covering the NFL draft at a high-end level. So at some point, you want to show off those skills, and everyone has a fandom. You're going to be a fan of AM. If you're a fan of AM, you're going to be a fan of wherever these teams go. So, real fast, I'm just going to give you my personal NFL off-season grades and my top three NFL draft classes. Just get you caught up. Give me something. I think that you guys will actually probably enjoy it. And this is definitely something that I think that you are going to love because of some of your favorite players play for these teams. So let's just go. Number three in off-season teams, I really like what the Kansas City Chiefs did. Patrick Mahomes pressured the entire time. 
He was literally could not avoid Jason Pierre-Paul, uh, you know, Devin White, uh, Levante David, every single play, Shaquille Barrett in that Super Bowl. And that's why they lost 31-9. what they do? They went out and they fixed the offensive line. They went and they got Joe Tooney from the New England Patriots. They traded away their first-round pick. They didn't really matter because if you've got a superstar player in Orlando Brown, you also were able to go add Kyle Long out of retirement. I think you also got a steal of a player in Trey Smith in the NFL draft. They did a very good job addressing the need at offensive line. And the other thing was they're going to switch now in the third year, I think it is, under uh, Steve Spagnuolo. The first year was very good. Last year, they kind of regressed, especially at the linebacker role. But they run a lot of 4-2-5, very similar to what Mike Elko runs. They have a plug-and-play kind of cover guy in Willie Gay Jr., they need to upgrade at that thumper role. They did an amazing job by adding Nick Bolton from the University of Missouri. He is a good plug-and-play, three-down stopper against the run. Little bit higher-end player than I would say a guy like Buddy Johnson, but does a very good job. Number two for me, and this is one that I think a lot of people are going to be kind of shocked at, is the Washington football team. Washington is going to go into this season knowing that we're going to stick with a veteran quarterback in Ryan Fitzpatrick. And that's okay because of what they did was they – focused in on being an athlete first and then being a position player next. Every single move they made this offseason was about building a roster to being an athletic team, being a team that is fantastic at using their athletic traits to get wins. And that's exactly what they did by adding in guys like Curtis Samuel, adding in guys like Adam Humphreys, getting a guy like William Jackson, the third in coverage, and then doing the same thing in the draft, getting an athletic linebacker like Jimmy, uh, you know, Jamin Davis out of Kentucky. Another guy who I think is going to be one of these rare players who you don't know where he fits just yet, but he's definitely going to be effective for your team. Then you go get an athletic left tackle on Sam Cosme, an athletic uh, wide receiver in Deami Brown a very athletic and versatile scheme player in Benjamin St. Just. So these are players that I very much like, and they were added to a team that had very few holes to win the NFC East. The final team that I thought did the most awesome job this offseason, hands down, not even a close second to me, was the Los Angeles Chargers. What Los Angeles did was they realized that we are a team with a rookie quarterback, a franchise rookie quarterback on a rookie deal. We do not need to spend money on this kid. What we need to do is spend money to build around this kid. It is why GMs like Tom Telesco stay employed. They do a dang good job making sure that their team is built around their strongest asset. And the strongest asset for them easily is Justin Herbert. They went out and they got Matt Filer. They went out and they got Corey Lindsley. They went out and they got Rashawn Slater in the NFL draft. They upgraded with Casey Hayward with Asante Samuel Jr. They potentially found Mike Williams replacement in Josh Palmer out of Tennessee. Every move that was made was made to either get this defense for Brandon Stokely on the right path or build around a rookie quarterback. That is why I very much think Los Angeles had the offseason to remember. The final team that will include... This is one that won both the NFL draft for me and also the NFL offseason. It's Miles Garrett's team. It's the Cleveland Browns. Anybody out there who watches this podcast or anybody out there who knows me understands that I believe that the Cleveland Browns were a team that's supposed to be on the rise. I have come out and said that when they got Miles Garrett, that was the piece that was going to be the game changer. But again, it's going to take time. And it did. It took multiple years and multiple seasons for this to kind of come to fruition. But they finally got the right GM in Andrew Barry. They finally got the right coach in Kevin Stefanski. 
And they got a really good defense coordinator in Joe Woods. I very much like Joe Woods. And what he's been able to do with Miles Garrett in the last year is very impressive. I think Garrett, how much bigger he's gotten, how much more physical he is, that is only going to make this team better. But what they did was they were smart about it. They added in a player to counteract of what Garrett does best. Garrett is a premier pass rusher, and he's very good against the run. You add Jadavian Clowney, who's a good pass rusher, but a premier run defender. You add him to the opposite side. So either way, a quarterback is going to feel pressure from the left, or he's going to have the run stopper and Clowney on the right-hand side. But then you upgrade at the secondary and at the second level of the defense. You add your general and Anthony Walker. Then you go ahead and you add your outside cover backer and Jeremiah Owusu-Koromora. You also went out and you got an excelling player in somebody like John Johnson, who to me was the best move of the offseason, and you add Troy Hill in the slot. You also went and got Greg Newsome, one of my favorite cornerbacks in this entire draft class in the first round where people thought that he was going to be taken as a number 16 or 18 pick. Instead, you get him at pick number 26. You don't need to move up for him. You move up for Wusu Koromora, but at that point, it's okay because a talent like that does not come to pick number 52 as often as possible. But you added speed in Anthony Schwartz. You built for the future with a guy like James Hudson to possibly replace either uh, Jack Conklin or... Or you could even say Wyatt Teller. You can move, you know, Dedrick Rules inside if Hudson's great. You found weapons. You built around Baker Mayfield. This is what a smart team does. They were my winners of the offseason. And Miles Garrett right now is going to a defense that I believe personally can be the number one defense in the NFL next year. What they did was they realized after that AFC wildcard game where they won. First win in 18 years, they realized, holy crap, we allowed Ben Roethlisberger, who's coming off a career worst year at 6.3 yards per throw, to throw for 500 yards against our defense. We got to upgrade our secondary. Check, 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 double check with Greg Newsome, triple check with JOK, and of course you added an extra pass rusher, but an elite run defender in Jadavian Clowney. Give Kevin Stefanski and this Cleveland Browns team a top three grade Miles Garrett right now, probably because of how well this defense plays, if he gets enough pressures, is easily your front runner for the defensive player of the year. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson, name right down there below, and at Locked on Aggies for all of you watching on part of Tignes Network. Tomorrow's show, I will be talking about the 2022 class. Now, why am I talking about the 2022 class? Well, usually right after the NFL draft end, people want to hear about the class so the next class in line is the 2022 class and that is the class that texas a&m will be primarily featured in the first round we will see this has been locked on aggies presented by the locked on podcast network